0: Not necessarily that I was that talented at karate, but I just really enjoyed it and really wanted to be good at it. What about it did you enjoy? It? What, what, what aspects of it? So, so initially it was this um, wanting to learn how to fight and wanting to be like the guys in the movies, like Van Damme and that. that you know, mm-hmm. could walk into a room and beat everyone
1: up. Were you being, were you being bullied or anything
0: no, at school? No, it was never. Were, and you, that, were you the bully? Uh, <laughs> I hope not. No, I don't think so. Maybe in a mild way. I can remember because um, when I had the idea, I was sort of looking around to see who else had um, podcasts in the space. Um, And I think uh, yours was the one that stood out. And and maybe it stood out because I knew of you and uh, the few others that I saw, I didn't didn't really know anything about the hosts. Uh, But I saw at that stage, uh, I think you had maybe... Somewhere between 10 and 15 episodes or so. Oh, yeah. And I think the last one, there'd been a bit of a gap or something, and I thought, oh, maybe, maybe slow down a little bit. So I'll sort of start, and then I think um, last time I checked, how many have you done, like, over 200 mm-hmm. or something? No, it? no,
1: no, it will be. I'm, I'm planning to do 200 by October this year. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm like one, you're 170. I think 168. something. You're 169. No, I'm sixty-nine. That's sixty-two. So
0: you're sixty. No, you're
1: 169. No oh, my, my, this episode is my... my okay. episode. Right. Yeah. Got it. You're, and how many
0: do you have? Uh, I think uh, I'm putting out number 62 tomorrow. Oh, 62, right. Yeah. right. So I'm gonna be a, I, I've am i got the goal of getting to 100 by next year, so um, April next year will be Club 360's 10-year uh, anniversary, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd like to have the 100th show um, yeah. as early as that. That's the one so thing much. I
1: like about your podcast, Sam, is that you have such good content. Yeah, you listen to it in the way that you listen to your people. It's about them, yeah. and I listen to the way that you. You ask very good questions too. Oh, but you, you seem to know. You seem to like you've done your research on each person.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the people I have on are people that I know and, and people that I've been friends with, and. Uh, and for a lot of the people, it's, it's maybe I know that they've maybe been clients or just friends and they don't know that much about what they do professionally. And so it's actually been a lot of fun just finding out a little bit more about what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess a lot of the guests, you know, the show I try to keep around to 80 or 90%, you know, fitness, health, sports, medicine, things that I'm really passionate about. So mm-hmm. I think that sort of comes across. Um, if I was just talking about random news going on in Tokyo, I may not sort of have that same passion and may not be driven to try and get as much out of the guests as I, as I do, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah,
1: I'm really enjoying doing it. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah. First of all, let me just thank you for coming here. No, I thank really you for having me. Yeah. You know, when you contacted me, I said, look at this, I don't even have to go after it. It's coming to me, this is good. Yeah. Tell me, when, when brought you to Japan? How long have you been here?
0: I've been here 17 and a half years now. Okay. Yeah, I, um, so I came out here uh, to practice karate. But you were
1: born where? I was born in Australia. In Australia. And you grew up there until when? Uh,
0: Until I was, uh, so I first actually came out to Japan um, to live for the first time when I was 18. So I had always dreamed of coming out to Japan to practice karate since I was a kid. Uh, You know, I watched the the Karate Kid and uh, Karate Kid part two, which was filmed in Okinawa, which I think was actually Oahu, but um, pretended to be Okinawa. And and also when I was growing up, a lot of the top fighters, had spent some time, you know, top foreign fighters, had spent some time um, training out in Japan. Um, Nick Pettis, who I'm sure you're familiar with, is one of those guys who came out here um, as a relatively unknown, and within a few years, he sort of transformed himself into a top-level top, top level competitor, and there was a n- number of stories like that. But so
1: great, for, from what age did you really start to think you were going to get Early on, like I can,
0: yeah, I, a few years into it. So I started training when I was eight, and yeah, by the time I was 10, 11, yeah, you know, I had this goal of becoming world champion. You have siblings? Uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got older half siblings who are a lot older. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm uh, 41 next week. My older brother is uh, 58, and then I've got sisters that are 61 and 60.
1: So you're the only child between your mother and father?
0: Uh, no. So I've got a younger brother who's five years younger than me.
1: Yeah. Okay, between your mother, and, so there's two of you yes. from your mother and father. Yeah. Are you yeah. close to your brother? Yes. And what is he in martial arts too? No.
0: No. So he. Um, athletically is far more gifted than me um so when i was 10 he would have been five i think he practiced karate for a year and and he was fantastic and he was i think if he had have kept going he would have been um well you, you never know with these things but like athletically he was much more gifted but he um took those gifts into other sports uh in particular uh rowing so in america call like crew rowing um so he did that uh through high school, uh, the, high, the the town that we grew up in, um, rowing was the, the biggest sport. We had a, a big lake that was um, you know, s- uh, six kilometers in circumference. Um so you had like a, a two-kilometre stretch where you could do these big uh, rowing regattas. And so that was the big sport in the town. It was a you know, city of about 100,000 people, but okay. um, the crews that would win the high school race out of the schools in that town um, would often go on to win the national championships. And so my brother um, sort of drifted into to crew rowing, and he was very successful, and then did that a little bit through university as well. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he didn't didn't do martial arts for very long. Right. Now,
1: are you married? Do you have kids?
0: Yes. So married. Uh, we celebrated our anniversary, was it last week or the week before? for 10 years, ten years. Um, and we have uh, three children so the oldest will be seven next week um, the four-year-old and a ten-month-old
1: what are the boys girls what uh,
0: three, boys. three boys three boys
1: so you went on my course exactly <laughs>
0: are you thinking about a four
1: uh, no no that's, uh, that's been dealt with and your wife is Japanese or she's <laughs> no she's Australian yeah yeah
0: so um, we met out here um, and uh, we met through my now business partner Nathan uh, who's uh, her brother, um, so it's a sort of family business.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, That is really, really nice. So it's the three of you that run 360?
0: Yeah, so my wife um, d- isn't really involved with 360 okay. anymore. She was originally, but she runs her own business. Uh, she runs a beauty salon. Um, so yeah, we have these sort of two family businesses that are very close uh, in proximity and, and also you know, obviously share a lot of uh, similar clientele as well, okay. both being quite expat focused. Right,
1: so yeah. back to your elementary elementary school. I'm assumed that you were more you were more athletic than you were academic. Am I wrong?
0: Right? Uh, uh, not necessarily, especially um towards the latter part of high school. Yeah. I I was I don't brag, but I was fairly academic as well. And I actually didn't really excel uh, that much in other sports. Um, I was an okay uh, distance runner. Um, I played Australian rules football um, and cricket like most uh, kids in Australia do. Wasn't particularly good at either of those. Um, But sort of found my calling, not necessarily that I was... That talented at karate, but I just really enjoyed it and really wanted to be good at it. What about it? Did you enjoy what? What, what aspects of it? So, so initially it was this um, wanting to learn how to fight and wanting to be like the guys in the movies, like Van Dam and that that you know, yeah could walk into a room and, and beat everyone up.
1: Were you being were you being bullied or anything no, at school?
0: No, it was never. And were that, you
1: were you the bully?
0: Uh I hope not. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe in a mild way. Um yeah. Although, you know you look
1: at the, the what there, so you, you, you look know. at
0: the original karate movie. Okay. I like I definitely liked Johnny more than I liked Daniel. let's uh, put it that way. But no, I wasn't you you, you often okay, get that okay. story with uh, people that, that gravitate into martial arts that they were bullied when they were younger. That wasn't really the case with mm. me. Um but uh, I mean we were talking off air before about, you know, the the realism of martial arts and, and uh and and how it, yeah, it is, it is primitive form. It is um, you're there to uh, as as a way of defending yourself and as a way of actually hurting people, and um, and that drew me to it originally. But then, uh, very quickly, I got into the competitive side. So mm-hmm. um, you know, you talk about your know, martial arts not being a game. For the majority of my life, it, it's it wasn't a game, but it was it was a sport. So I considered myself more as an athlete than a martial artist. I mean, I think I still benefited benefited from all the things that we got out of martial arts, like the discipline mm-hmm. um, and the respect, and just the um, the drive to work hard. Uh, because I think, especially in full contact karate, uh, in a lot of the matches, it, you know, that the technical, if you're much if you're much stronger or much uh, more technical than your opponent, you can win sort of easily. The, the closer it becomes, the more of a mental challenge it becomes, and you end up just, you know, who, who wants it more and who wants it more in the um, uh, on the mat but also in the training room. How long are each round? Three minutes? Yeah, so uh, our style, we have either a two-minute or three-minute round initially, right. after which the judges have to make a decision, but they can go for a draw, and so you can get up to three uh, extensions in, in sort of open tournaments. So you can end up going three, two, 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 so a total of nine minutes. Um, but it's it's always, you know, if, if you're in a boxing match or almost other combat sports, you know how many rounds there's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, in full contact karate, you you know, you get to the yeah you know, close to the end of the three minutes is like, do I push hard to try and get that decision, or do I hold off because they're probably going to go for a draw anyway? Because you could push really hard and still get a draw, and still get a draw, and be gassed, and then the other guy has the advantage that's going right. in. But um,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I really did sort of think about it as a sport, mm. um, and it's only now that. Um, well, I'm actually ten years out from competition. I haven't. Oh, so you
1: start, You haven't done it for ten years now. No. I, so I, how long did you do it? You
0: it? Yeah. So uh, I started training when I was eight. I um, and started full contact competition when I was sixteen, and then competed through to when I was thirty. Um, wow. Yeah. And uh, in that time, I'd had two knee reconstructions and, and a, a bunch of other surgeries and. Um, years, how many bones were broken? Not too many bones, and more sort of joint load. Uh, joint, I mean, okay. not too many bones. Broke my face, broke my rib, sternum, both thumbs, both feet. Um, yeah, there's a few bones oh, involved yeah. there. Yeah. As yeah. Well. But you don't want to think about it. But right? but the bones heal. That's the thing. Like you, you can get a fracture, and, and it depends on
1: how they're broken. Though. True.
0: Yes. But um, and and none <laughs> I I had surgery on my face from a, um, a fractured uh, uh, cheekbone from a spinning back kick, but none of my fractures, and I've still actually now they say that, I've got numbness all this this quad. And in my face is, is Talk none. to me, talk to me. But none of that really bothers me that much. It's more the, the, the joint, the ligament injuries, um, and the, the overuse, the wear and tear that, that sort of carries on into mm-hmm. later life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you have a big bone fracture and you have a rod put through it, that, that sort of carries through. But um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And it's more the rod than anything else because your body's not used to that. It will never really adapt to that. Yeah. You, when you went to college, what did you study? Did you so about? I studied physiotherapy. Okay. Yeah,
0: so it's um, in Australia, and this is changing now, but um, if you're going to become a physiotherapist, most people will go straight from high school into a, a four-year physiotherapy degree rather than the sort of American system where you do like an undergrad and then you do f- physiotherapy as a master's. Um, so yeah, I went straight. And, and that's, I guess, what you were talking about before, the academic side. In Australia, physiotherapy is a very competitive course to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's sort of the health sciences like um, yeah, medicine and dentistry and um, veterinary science and physiotherapy, you know, they're all very competitive to get into, so I did have to study quite hard. Um, and, and actually, the, the last year of high school, I didn't really train that much. I still competed, but not that successfully because I was focused on the studies, because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really needed those grades to get into physiotherapy, which I was able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, after I finished school, I decided to take a year off because we had, uh, so we basically had a world championship every two years. Uh, they alternate between being a weight category tournament and an open weight tournament. And at that time, I was sort of a middle weight, which at that time was between 70 and 80 kilograms. And so um, I finished school at the end of 1999 and we had trials for the World Championships in 2000 and then the, the World Championships were in Budapest in uh, June 2001. So I wanted to sort of take that year off and dedicate it to, to getting ready to, to try uh, and make that uh, Australian team or South Pacific team to fight in the World Cup. So I actually came out to Japan and trained uh, full time for five months and, okay. and at that time I was in Kochi, in Shikoku. Uh, it was very different to Tokyo. It's, uh, yes, I think sure. in the five months that I was there, I saw like three other foreigners. <laughs> um, and and luckily, the guy that I was staying with, he spoke very good English. Um, okay, I was going
1: to say, how you was your yeah. Japanese? I was going to ask you.
0: And, and it's, it's funny. I I, um, I didn't learn that much Japanese. And I think at that time, I just didn't really
1: care about learning he Japanese. That, he wanted to learn martial arts. You yeah. What you did.
0: And I was also just fatigued from the amount of training. Like, I was 18. I was going from training. Like at my most, maybe maybe a couple of times, a couple of hours a day um, leading up to tournaments, maybe sort of four or five days a week. I was going into training um, when I was in Kochi, um, like six days a week, and sort of between four and sometimes up to eight hours a day. Like it was crazy. So I didn't I didn't have energy to, to study Japanese. Just, did you make it? Did you make the team? I did. Yeah. So actually, um, there were two spots in each weight division, and uh, in the trials, I got third. And so I made the team as a reserve, and then I guess it was the, earlier in the year, so probably January or February, um, one of the guys pulled out, so I, I got to
1: make the team, so yeah. Mm. So, so do you competed, and what happened?
0: So uh, that was my first international tournament uh, in in Hungary, and uh, I lost in the first round to the eventual winner. Um, I probably would have lost in the first round to most of the guys in the tournament, to be honest. Be. I was pretty green and uh, and pretty young and pretty intimidated by the whole experience. <coughs> so um, yeah, I lost to uh, this guy from Lithuania. How did your team do? Um, not great. I think most. Most guys lost in the first or second rounds. Um, you know, Australia have had some good fighters over the years, but they've never really been sort of a powerhouse. Um, but yeah, that was the first of five world championships that I competed mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Mm. I, being a gymnast, the thing I always chalk that up to is, who's your coach? Yeah. That's always the thing. And unfortunately, if you get a good coach, you yeah. can take any human being almost any place they want to go if they want yeah. to stick it out. Yeah. And that's yeah. something you start seeing when you see the other teams. You say, you know, I have the same drive they do, mm-hmm. I want it as bad as they do, but I didn't know that move. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't trained that way. So that makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Tell yeah. me about mom and dad. Did Were you close to your mother and father? Yep, yep. Okay, are they still doing okay?
0: Yes, they are, yep.
1: All right, and yep. they're still, still together? Yes. Because you said you have, s- so your mother and father obviously were, well, s- not obviously, your mother only had the two of you. Yes. So your father was married before. Yes. Okay, okay. Good. Yeah. So Smart. my father's
0: probably, I think, 14 years older than my mother. Smart man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so he has, um, so five kids, uh, now 11 grandkids, and my, my younger brother hasn't started having kids yet, so they'll be... Married. But he's married. He's married, yes. Okay, okay. Um, and I, I struggle to keep up, three, two, and five, so I think nine or 10 great grandkids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have
1: they been out here? Have you brought them out here? Have they been out here? Yeah.
0: So, uh, quite a number of times. And my, my father actually um, used to do some business out in Japan. Okay. So, he used to uh, export bottled uh, water. And so, we came out here at least a couple of times. At one time, um, when I was 13, um, and at that stage, I was really into the karate. So, uh, we followed him out on a business trip, and I uh, got to train at the, the Homba Dojo, the, the headquarters yes, dojo. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, that was an amazing experience. So that was the first time. I think I'd been out here when I was uh, much younger, but that was the first time that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they've been out several times since, and, yeah. and my mother was actually lucky enough to come out uh, two months ago. Um,
1: so that was, yeah, it was great Did to she see Did stay with the whole time when she's here? Yeah, she
0: stayed uh, that's with us for beautiful. about two weeks, so yeah, it was oh, great. because Because she, you know, she hadn't met our youngest, and, uh, and the middle one was two last time we were mm-hmm. back, was in... Uh, March to 2020, so mm-hmm. yeah. Are they working now? Are they still? Uh, no, they're reti-
1: They're yeah. So they're just sitting back on the lake and just enjoying the time? Yeah. yep. yep. <laughs> so, so what do you have for your plans? Uh, you came here and you started 360. We can get into that, but that would be a whole long story, I'm sure, unless you want to give me a synopsis as to how you started 360. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I mean, so I was working at, um, so when I came out the second time, I was living in Fukuoka for 10 months. Um, Both of those arrangements, the Kochi and Fukuoka were sort of karate scholarships. Uh, And so I was living out there for 10 months, but prior to coming out to Japan at that time, I'd sort of looked into opportunities to work as a physiotherapist because um, I, I did want to try and keep that going if possible. <clears throat> and so uh, I was in touch with the people at Tokyo Physio while I was in uh, Fukuoka. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. And so um, they're also um, Austrians. Exactly. Yes. Yes, yeah. I remember them because I think I went. They were in
1: Akasaka, weren't they? They had a so they're in, in uh,
0: Shirokane. Shirokane, Shirokane. Uh,
1: just on the border of Shirokane and uh, Ebisu. Okay, maybe yeah. I went to them because that's right by where I live. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go. To, maybe I didn't go to them. I went to someone else. I think. Or maybe it was mm-hmm. somewhere someone else when they first came here. Husband and wife, my my right? Yes, that's right. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think they've always been that location and they've re- recently um, uh, moved to a, a new location nearby uh, okay. where they were. But uh, yeah, so I, yeah. I was offered a position with them and I came out to Tokyo uh, end of 2005 and worked there for seven years, uh, basically while I saw out my competition career. Um, and then at that stage, I'd met my wife, whose brother was a personal trainer. He was sort of training clients out of Gold's Gym, and he'd always wanted to do his own facility. And, Here uh, in
1: Japan? Yeah. Which Gold gym? The one uh, uh, in omotesando omotesando yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it sort of made sense at that stage, um, if we were going to stay in Japan to try and do something together and try and find a space where we could combine the rehab and fitness sites, um, and then combine a bit of martial arts. and. Do everything that uh, we've always wanted to do. And um, yeah, here we are, sort of, yeah, nine and a half years later. That's beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's, that's <laughs> 360. And because, uh, because, you know, we
1: refer people to you too in our gymnastics yeah. program because you've done a little bit of everything. Yeah. So we heard that you had some gymnastics for a while. So people that were interested in something different than ours, we refer them to 360 yeah. and also s- Central Sports. Yeah. But they're a little bit further down, Migros, Dori. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. We haven't seen this. And then we hadn't seen yours either, but we'd heard good things about it. Yeah. So we said we them there. Yeah. So a lot of the people that you have, of course, because this expat community is very small. Yep. And we all run into each other somehow yes. or another. We're <laughs> on an island, after all. Exactly. Forget yeah. that.
0: But, yeah, I mean, there's that, that expat Tokyo mm. island mm. in itself. That's right. right. That. That's right. Yeah.
1: And there's two different types of expats. Those that are surviving and those that are thriving. Mm. <laughs> you don't want to be the surviving type of expat. <laughs> Not here. No, no. Not in Japan. Wrong place to try to survive. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to have been on both sides of that yeah i know it's like to survive in japan don't well, like it yeah but the yeah. thrive here the big difference yeah, the big yeah big difference so what do you see for the future
0: yeah i mean um obviously the the, the pandemic has sort of it's it's um, slowed things down in terms of how we would like to progress. We opened our second location in January twenty twenty. Where is it? <laughs> in uh, well, it's it's uh, um, hop step and a jump from here. It's um, okay. uh, Higashi Azabu, which okay. I think we're in Higashi It's um, I can't remember the name of the building. Um, I'm getting getting a little bit. information here. But it's uh, it's very close to, to here. Um, okay. And so that location is a little bit smaller than our Motho-Azabu location, but um, yeah, we've got more free weights equipment, so we do personal training there. We've also got a full-size boxing ring, so we do a lot of boxing there. Um, but the classes and the physiotherapy we do at uh, the other location, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. And then we've also got um, satellite clinics out of Tokyo Medical and Surgical, which is also um, just down the road from here, and also at the Bluff uh, Clinic in Yokohama. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we, we want to, um, we need to stabilise, I guess, um, over the next year, and then, mm-hmm. Um, look at expanding both the uh, the current model in terms of the, the expat clients um, we serve. I'm not sure how much more we can expand that in terms of like a um, brick and mortar um, location, um, but maybe yeah you know, another location in Tokyo or, or Osaka or even Yokohama. I think Yokohama is a, a good market. Um, but then also trying to branch out and expand within the Japanese uh, community and try and open up more Japanese-focused 360s, which might not be, like, a complete replica, like, it might not be the physiotherapy side, but, um, you know, trying to... It spread the, the type of yeah, fitness that we practice to, mm-hmm. to the Japanese community. So that's that's one side. Um, we're also getting into education. So we have a um, fitness education site, uh, bilingual fitness education, where we've got some some courses up there uh, that we've done and we've subtitled in Japanese. Um, so we've we've launched that fairly recently, the Club Three Hundred and Sixty Academy, um, and then doing some some corporate things. And so. Um, uh, we've got a online ergonomics program so we've got um, it's basically a video program that uh, the companies sign up for where they get uh, a short video every day for three months um, basically going over sort of you know desk setup posture talking a little bit about pain about sort of healthy work habits um, productivity all that sort of stuff um, so we're, yeah we're looking at it's spreading um, spreading those sort of projects so Mm -hmm. yeah I I guess the way I look at it when when I was in my my 20s I was um, very focused sort of at the one-to-one I had my patients and you know, I was helping a lot of people, but it was sort of limited to, you know, the people that were directly in front of me. In my 30s, you know, we had Club 360 and we were sort of um, expanding our reach by employing other people, uh, like-minded practitioners that could then help um, their clients. Um, I guess, as I'm sort of going into my 40s, I guess that's sort of the next stage in seeing how we can really, um, really scale what we do and scale our knowledge and experience and abilities and try and help us, as many people as possible um, so part you know part of that is educating japanese personal trainers so that they, they can go on and, and help their clients um, part of it is is exposing um, more sort of corporate entities to what we do so that we can help some you know people within an entire company do
1: you find you feel very competitive here in japan or in tokyo yeah, I, I think so. You um, do? You think it's pretty competitive?
0: Uh, it's competitive. Um, no, I, th- uh, f- well, I think everywhere's competitive, but uh, I think we've certainly got a niche that we wouldn't have if we were to try and do the same thing in Melbourne or Sydney. Or because why? Because it's really
1: saturated there?
0: Uh, yes, I think so, yeah.
1: So it's harder. Yeah. So there's plenty of room here, you're saying? Yeah, I think so, yeah. For people, to, for, for you to grow? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's interesting.
0: Um, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess a bigger mission would be and and you know, my wife tells me like don't don't sort of think about things like this because you're only going to burn yourself out and and you know, get upset at not achieving these sort of things. But if we can make some sort of change on a, a bigger scale, like a, a government scale, like. For example, in, in the US, you know, there's um, moves where some insurance companies will lower premiums for those who are more physically physically active and engaging in sports and exercise, because we know in the long run that's going to help contribute to um, decreased uh, disease risk and therefore less um, you know, money being spent on health health care or, or sick care, as they call it later on. Um, I think that it would be borderline impossible to try and do that in Japan, but but it's something to aspire to if you know we could have have some influence on. Um yeah, the Japanese government that, that, that people that were more physically active, that were engaged in exercise, could somehow benefit from a, a health insurance perspective. I think that would be really cool if I could leave Japan and say that yeah, I made that little change. I think. You that, plan on leaving someday? At, at some stage. Um, yeah, I mean, we're always sort of talking about the, the, the pros and cons. Um, a lot of it just depends on our kids' education and things like that. Um, so,
1: yeah, we. we are, you enjoy, are they enjoying school here? Do you have them in the Japanese system? We have them in the Japanese system at the
0: moment, yeah. So. so which is pretty cool, you know. It's uh, the, the oldest ones in um, uh, Ichinensei in and Shogakukan. Uh, so know. his Japanese
1: is really good. So it's really good, yeah. They they have to explain it for you. Uh, Jap- yeah, to you. My Japanese, yeah. I say. mean, it's, it's getting
0: so he's certainly teaching me words that That's I didn't good, know before. Yeah. Uh, my Japanese is okay, uh, but yeah, he's it's it's really impressive.
1: What would you consider a good life in Japan? Hmm.
0: Good question, I guess, what a life where you can, like you said, thrive and, and do things that, um, it's an interesting question because I mean, if it's specific to me, it um, is. It is. then it's yeah, being in an environment and leading a life where I can, um, you know, push myself and, um, you know, continue to grow and continue to, um, you know, expand my horizons and, and try different things, um, all the while trying to serve people and, and, and help people, um, but also yeah, continue to learn and to continue to um, yeah to improve myself in, in all facets of life, you know, both in business and, and just uh, and as a you know, practitioner as a physiotherapist and, and, and the trainer and the coach and all those sort of things, and, um, and yeah, just continue to you know, become a better person. Um, Yeah, I think I probably needed to prepare that answer a little bit better, but I think... And then the other side of it, yeah. I think the other side of it was um, uh, living a life where you can enjoy everything that Japan has to offer but not get too homesick either. Like, if you're, like, longing to to experience things... that uh, you don't get here, then I think that makes life a little more difficult. And, and I think that um, yeah, my, my family is in a pretty good place now. I think that uh, yeah, not being able to travel home for several years has made that that harder. But you're close um, your family, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. A good, you know, but, um, a good scenario. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess in, in uh, summary, yeah, a, a life where you know to evolve and push yourself and, and, and help people, um, but also uh, enjoy everything that Japan has to offer, um, and um, yeah, enjoy going home when we get those opportunities, but but not miss it so much that uh, that we're feeling happy.
1: Sam, I'm going to want to have you on again, yeah, so we we'll can to. talk more. I mean, so we can talk more about 360 and the other things you're going to be doing, and I want to thank you for coming on this time. No,
0: thank you. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast make sure you press like and subscribe and remember it's all unknown so continue to reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed